In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. My name is Tony Grebmeyer and joined in studio today by somebody who I got a chance to meet from an introduction from a friend. And that's what I love about life is that you are literally a handshake away or an introduction from changing your entire network and your life. Please welcome to the show, world traveler, Mr. Tommy Joyner. How are we doing, Tony? Doing great, man. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to ask the all important, everybody gets the same question. What is your definition of success? Wow. Um, Starting off hot. Uh, So yeah, thank you, first of all. Uh, Much gratitude to be here. Um, My definition of success is just, uh, I guess, more and more, like I think I've defined this uh, in the last year. And to me, success is just waking up, um, feeling, uh, feeling like you have a sense of alignment and purpose every day. I get that alignment and purpose. And I, and we're going to use that today as we stretch. We're going to, we're going to go up success mountain together. We're going to learn a little bit about your backstory to understand kind of some big giant things that have happened to you in the last year or so, but like getting an introduction to you and you not knowing me from anybody other than, you know, Vernon's like, Hey, you should talk to this guy. And, you know, we talk to now you come back home from you're originally from Colorado, but I just want to learn a little bit about that backstory to set up the actual kind of cliffhangers we're going to go on today. So um, you've been traveling the world for how long now? Uh, Been living abroad for about eight years now. All right. And you're originally from Colorado. So how does a Colorado kid go and travel the world? Yeah. So just a quick backstory. I grew up in Colorado, as you said. Uh, I grew up in a little town called Carbondale near Aspen. And from there, I went to college uh, in Colorado Springs at, at Colorado College. I got a degree in economics uh, upon graduating from Colorado College, uh, kind of like floundered around a little bit, kicked it in Denver for a couple of years, was, I guess, still trying to like shake off some of the, the college dust. I really didn't, didn't have much purpose or uh, a direction set, my, set for myself yet and was still kind of hanging around doing, doing the college thing for a little longer than anticipated. And anyway, long story short, there's so many different t- twists and turns that all of these things always take, right? But uh, eventually I, I left Colorado and I landed a job in New York and then Chicago and then eventually made my way to South Korea, which is where my international lifestyle started. Uh, started an online business and yeah, and here we are today. Brothers, sisters? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple brothers. Or I've got a couple siblings, rather. I've got a younger brother. He's 31 years old. And then uh, my little sister, actually, who's graduating college uh, this week from Boulder. I like it. Mom and dad, good relationship? Um, yeah, bit tumultuous at times. Um, my parents got divorced uh, about five years ago, but in terms of my relationship with them, yeah, good. I think uh, nothing out of the ordinary in terms of anything uh, negative, but you know, we've had our ups and downs as a family for sure. I can relate. <laughs> I think all kids at some time go through kind of the ups and downs. Um, like my mom's coming to town soon and I invited her to hear me come and speak. 
And I don't know if I'm more excited or she is, right? Um, but there was a time where I would be really embarrassed by the words that came out of my mouth. And today is just a more of a mature man and an opportunity to realize like, I'm only going forward. I ain't going back. I already lived that dream. So now yeah. I'm going to go create new dreams that I've never lived before. Mm, I like that. So awesome. So I got some context. I got the backstory. You lived all over. And one of the reasons why I got connected to you is somebody thought that it would be great for us to get to know each other Two two people from Colorado, uh, what opportunities can be created. I told you over lunch today, I don't have a hidden agenda. I, I go into life as a gift. It's a total breath of this moment. In Kung Fu Panda, I remember there's a scene with a Po and, and, and I don't remember the name of the, uh, the turtle. They're sitting up on a mountain. And the whole complex uh, like backstory of this is really like in this present moment. Yeah. Like all the other stuff doesn't matter. Like I, this is why you've heard the, the quote, something about this is the present, this is the gift, this is this moment. And today sitting and having lunch with you, there's this calm and presence about you as we discussed. It's a little different than a year ago. What was your life like a year ago? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, a year ago I was, I was very stuck, I guess. Um, I was suffering through a lot of anxiety. I was trying, I wasn't, wasn't in the best relationship uh, romantically. And, and I know we're going to talk about this more. And I mentioned it earlier. I just felt very out of alignment with things. I didn't feel like I was waking up with much of a purpose. I felt like my, my emotions were really uh, sporadic and dysfunctional, maybe not serving me as well as they could. It was a lot of anxiety. And I think the anxiety came mostly from having these expectations or this idea of this life that I wanted to live or how I wanted to feel uh, and how I wasn't actually feeling in that moment. And when I talk about not being aligned, that's what I refer to most is, uh, you know, having this idea of, of what I wanted and these expectations of what my life was going to look like and always striving for, for this place that I didn't necessarily know what was and not being okay with where I was today or in that moment. So let's, can we dig there for a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So how does one find alignment? I think obviously like that can be a, a bit of a loaded question these days, <laughs> especially like when you talk a lot about uh, new age spirituality and how people uh, phrase things or like the different terms that they use. Um, but for me, um, I think one of the easiest ways to find alignment is just to like really pay attention to how you feel. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's, there's certain things in your life that we can all recognize that we have the power to change. And a lot of the, a lot of times those things can be causing stress in our lives that we have the ability to shift at any moment. And then there's other things that you can't change, or there's places that you want to go that you can't get to tomorrow. And for those things, I think it, it has to do with acceptance. So for me, alignment is like navigating the things that you can change and taking action on them. And then also accepting the things that you can't change uh, and being totally okay with what is. I can definitely resonate with that. So feeling stuck, out of alignment, kind of girlfriend, relationship, not where you wanted it to be. Where are you living at this time? Where, where is this? Um, yeah, so I've, I've been abroad for the past eight years. And up until last July, I was in Medellin, Colombia um, as my home base for the previous four. Um, so as I'm experiencing a lot of uh, kind of the end of what I would refer to as a somewhat uh, darker, weirdly neutral period of my life. I was, uh, I was in Medellin. Okay. Is that where you connected with Nahal? 
Yeah, Nehal and I are, are friends from, from Medellin from a few years back now. That's cool. So you're there, and what's going on like in your head? What's the Headspace game like? I've been very fortunate to have like a pretty uh, optimistic and like happy disposition. Like I've always known that things will get better, even if they're, they're not. Um, but it, it came, there was a lot of frustration associated with feeling stuck. And I think some frustration associated with me knowing that there were certain things that I could take action on that I wasn't, that I was delaying. I was, I was mm-hmm. avoiding some hard decisions that I knew ultimately would, uh, would help propel me forward and get me, get me un, unstuck, so to speak. So in those, those hard decisions that you needed to make, what, what caused you to finally get over that hump and make some serious decisions? Part of it was some like very, uh, were some very objective and um, heartfelt conversations with friends. Um, so people close to me noticed a couple things. They would notice how I talked about my business or how I talked about my relationship. And I got like, I got called out a little bit. Um, by good, some, it's good to have good friends, right? Yeah, no, it really is. And it was, uh, I was, I remember it very well. I was just at, uh, I was at a wedding actually. Um, that let, let's see last February in El Salvador and, and one of my friends came up to me and he was just like, uh, he asked me about my relationship and he was just like, you know, so-and-so is really cool, <laughs> but you just don't seem like you're in love. Like, what are you doing? Um, and he didn't have to say anything else other than ask me like, what am I doing? And then there was some stuff associated with business with another friend where I got a similar question and it was just like, what am I doing? And like, there's, there's a couple of things that I can do here to, to start changing. I don't know what really comes next, but I know that I can move into, to the unknown away from, from these things that aren't serving me. What a, what a great kind of question that a friend, you know, walks up to you and, and asks like, like, what are you doing? I mean, when you look back on your life up until kind of maybe several months ago, and we're going to talk about that. I mean, how many times did someone ever do that to you? Not enough, <laughs> not many. And like, that's why I remember those moments, those, I had two really, really good friends do that to me. I'll never forget that. So obviously not that many, um, you know, w- when it has happened, it's been very memorable. Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing when um, we were talking at lunch about depth in a relationship, you know, I almost said this last night to my son, not in a negative way, but in a positive way, it says your friends are the ones who like you despite everything. Right? And so to have really good friends say to you, like, what are you doing? Like, you don't seem happy. You don't seem like the Tommy that I know. You could take that a couple of ways. You could say, fuck you. And yeah. I'm good. Like, thanks for butting into my business. I've done that before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or you could take it the other way where I like to say, it's like, take it and put it under a microscope and least look. Yeah. Somebody has at least seen something or maybe is had an observation that you least get to look at and go, Hmm, isn't that interesting? I never looked at it like that before. Um, so was it an immediate awakening or was it something that you, you continuously kind of pondered for a period of time? Um, I think sometimes we always know, I think looking back, like when I've gotten myself into certain situations that have, uh, whether that be like a, a business opportunity or relationship that's prolonged for a period of time. Like if I can, if I can, uh, you know, look back to how I felt at that moment, there was something in me that kind of always knew that it wasn't right. But for whatever reason at the time, due to maybe a lack of uh, self-love or self-respect in some ways, I moved forward with it anyway and said, you know, said yes a lot when I, when I really meant no. So another, another thing, right? A people pleasing mentality, right? We do it without even realizing it. 
So in the midst of all of this, you had started a company several years back. You have a business partner, company name? Uh, Content Pros. And talk a little bit about the company because you're in the middle of a relationship. You are living in another country. You are kind of just trying to figure out who you are and you're an owner in a really successful online content company. Tell me a little bit about the company and, and then I really want to know as we back out a little bit to the top, I want to know what was the feeling like when all of that was going on? Because anybody listening today can relate to what we're talking about yep. because the pressure is like putting your head in a vice and you just keep applying it and it closes in and closes in. And it's like, it's almost so much noise that it's like you can hear it and it's getting louder and louder and there's not much you can do about it until you make a decision to get away. Yeah. Right. So talk about the company. Um, yeah. So when I was living abroad and uh, when I had originally moved to Colombia, one of the first things that I want to do was figure out how to make money online. I was about 28 at the time. I you know, had friends that had online businesses and were doing different things. So I'd been like sort of exposed to that world, but uh, not fully and was just kind of hustling, trying to figure out what I could do um, that people would, would pay money for. So, um, you know, one of my, one of my dreams and one of the things I'm also like really grateful for is, is we did build a cool company and we recently sold and like we did a lot of awesome stuff there. Um, and there's all sorts of development and growth associated with like that journey from the whole. But um, yeah, basically at first it was like, how, how can I make a dollar online? I figured out that people paid for writing services. Uh, we kind of figured out how to set up profiles on freelance websites, uh, eventually convince people to buy some things from us and never actually wrote any of the work that we did. Any of the email copy, the sales copy, the blog post, whatever we were selling, we started recruiting other writers to do that and then, you know, made a margin off the top and eventually turned that into a content writing subscription business, uh, which is called Content Pros. And we recently sold that like a month ago. So that that's short history of the, the evolution. Content Pros, internet marketer, 28, want to figure out how to make a dollar. You're living abroad, you're having fun, you're, you're figuring it out, you're cultivating and curating content from various, you know, freelancers, you build a company, you find yourself fast forward a couple of years. Now you're in the midst of kind of a transitional period of time, right? And why do we keep going back to kind of like this awakening period? Because like we were talking at lunch that normally you find your purpose, right? In your mess. Like you kind of figure out your path by looking at your past. Sure. That's why I'm so big on journaling. I don't care if you use the Be Fulfilled journal. I care that you spend enough time to sit down and look back at where you've come from because all of that is like the important stuff, right? Yeah. If you went back and tried to manipulate and change, like if you've seen, you know, the Avengers Endgame and you're trying to bend time, like you will mess with everything. So all of that stuff brought you to this conversation with me in this room right now yeah. and the ability that you just sold the company mm -hmm. and all of these things had to happen so you could be in this position you are right now. Yeah, for sure. What'd you say at lunch today you were when I asked you about how you're feeling? Oh, I feel great, man. I'm at peace. Right? And no burden like, oh my gosh, I got to go yeah. deliver. Uh, I think I said, I feel, I feel light. <laughs> I, I feel light. I feel like, uh, yeah, there's weight off of my shoulders and I don't feel like it's... I don't take for granted the space that I feel like I have in life right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break on the Be Fulfilled Show. And when we come back, as we continue our conversation with Tommy Joyner, I want you to stay very mindful of the language he's using. 
Tommy's figured out something that I think any entrepreneur could actually dive into and maybe like sun lotion, you know, apply a little bit today and see what happens to just help you to stay protective out there in this environment because living a line, living abroad, living this world where, you know, you're, I'm not saying that you have done any of this, but I say a lot of us is like keeping up with the Joneses. So we see something, we do something and we want to be like somebody okay. and we're so far from who we really are that we then say, Oh my gosh, what the heck just happened? How did I get here? Where you're at today and where we met a year ago or so is so drastically different. You're, you're the same guy, but you've shedded a lot of things that I think you were kind of like just using because you didn't know how else to, right? They were just parts of you. Yeah. And now that you've broken free from that, there's this, this calm, this ease, this peace, this love, this like acceptance, as you talked a little bit about acceptance of like, wow, where I'm at, I'm good. And uh, I, I really want to say it's incredible to see the transformation, right? Like you probably have heard this somewhere. Caterpillar doesn't know it's going to be a butterfly. <laughs> yeah. It goes through a stage and comes out and it's free. Yeah. So we're going to come back and talk more with Tommy Joyner today and talk about the freedom that he's discovered, the life he's living, and how really he doesn't have to do anything. He can just be everything that he wants to be right now in this very moment, and he's exactly where he needs to be. And I'm Tony Grubmeyer. That's Tommy Joyner, and we'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled Podcast Show. We're going to take a quick break, and since Tony's taking one, let's take one together. Let's take a deep breath. Wherever you are, feel those ribs expand, that chest lifts towards your chin. Let's do it now. That feels good, right? That's one of over 23,000 breaths you're going to take today. You don't even think about it. You're focused on that one. That's life. That's rejuvenation. That's the moment right here. And thanks for doing that with me. We all matter. Those breaths matter. Let's remember them. And let's get back to the show. Tony Grebmeyer, Tommy Joyner, we're in studio today talking about acceptance, freedom. I, I really want to equate this whole kind of conversation to being, right? I think so much of our lives, we're, we're busy being a human doer instead of being a human being. Yeah. And you're being somebody completely different. And I don't say different like in a negative state. I just say like you can tell the change. You can tell the layers of work that you've done, the experiences you've lived, and along your journey over this past year, I mean, we were talk, you know, you'd be in Barcelona, we talked somewhere else, I think you, I'm not sure if it was Paris or whatnot, like you've just been all over the place, like you've just been having fun. Tell me about your travels and, and some of the things that you've enjoyed and, and why Barcelona is kind of calling you to come back. Um, yeah, well, I've lived in a fair amount of different countries at this point. Um, I've spent extended periods of time in Colombia, uh, Panama, Costa Rica, Spain, um, lived in Sri Lanka for like six months. Most recently I'm coming from Thailand and Bali. Um, and I've spent yeah, long, long periods of time, minimum of, of four to five months in, in all of those places. Um, so it's been, I mean, it, it's been really interesting. I'm, I'm super blessed to have uh, hopped around to all of those spots. Um, I think I've just gotten, I've gotten used to, uh, some of the things associated with what, with what that does for my personal growth when I'm traveling, because I can, I never feel like I can totally be settled. So I think one of the reasons I'm so obsessed with it is I'm always, I always feel like I'm in a state of growth. Um, so when I come back to Colorado, uh, it's awesome to like be here for a while, but you know, you've been 
and maybe that's another another uh, <laughs> challenge down the line is to, to to come full circle and be be more present and okay with uh, growing in in different places that aren't so mobile. But yeah, it's just it's been a part of my life. I'm, I speak fluent Spanish, so I just really enjoy um, exposing myself to those things. Coming back to Colorado versus Sri Lanka, or one of these places, Bali culture. You, you were talking about kind of like the freedoms, but also the feelings, right? And you come yeah. here and there's a lot of entitlement here. Mm. There's a lot of uh, love and acceptance just as is. Right? These people are happy, right? Yeah. We, we see it in the world where we're starving children and we think we have to go rescue them, yeah. right? There's people around there that can rescue them, right? We can do yeah. our parts oh, yeah. here to, to make an impact. What's something that you've taken from all of your worldly experiences that reminds you of the different places that you've gone, but also the differences so that you can get your mind wrapped around coming back to Colorado, right? And you're like, okay, it's not the same. How, like maybe that's part of the calm we were talking about just a minute ago. H- how do you do that? How do you, how do you center yourself here? Meditate, yoga, weights, walking. How do you center yourself from knowing what you've seen in all of these places, Vietnam and et cetera, like all of these other places in the world? That's a really good question. Um, it's something that I've, I've thought about a lot. And I think having lived in a lot of different places and realizing, uh, especially like early on, like I, I mean, we were talking about like when, when we spoke a year ago and, and that guy that was still holding on to a lot of things. I think even at that point, maybe reversing a year, I had still shed a lot to even get to where I was then by the time we met each other. Um, but realizing that no matter where I, where I went, I mean, you can't run from things there's there's that stuff will show up at your door (laughs) tommy i'm back it doesn't go away man and like you can um you can temporarily like numb those feelings with like the the dopamine and the euphoria associated with moving to a new place for a little while but eventually it all circles back and you have to deal with your shit and it's all it's all there so i think the biggest thing that i've taken with me um, at least personally, I mean, there's all sorts of other things that I think about the world and, and different people in different places. But uh, for, for myself and for other people, I've realized that like um, the only thing you can really take with you that matters is your, uh, your foundation and your, your groundedness with your own, within like your own spirituality and, and personal development. Like your own foundation is the only thing that goes with you and like the only thing that that really matters. Um, and, and that's the, that's the constant. Like, do you wake up in the morning and read journal, pray, meditate? Do you do anything like have a morning routine? Yeah, I do pretty substantial morning routine. It takes me like hour and a half or two hours, but I'll wake up. First thing I do is, uh, drink some, uh, water with sea salt and lemon. If I've got some turmeric and some black pepper, I'll throw that in there. A little bit of apple cider vinegar. So I try to get my little uh, elixir hydration in right away. And then I'll go for a walk for like 15, 20 minutes. What I do on that walk varies. I I mix it up sometimes. Sometimes I'll listen to music that just like gets me in like a really good state of mind. And I'll just try to smile the entire time that I'm walking for like 15 minutes. Sometimes I'll walk with no music and I'll just talk. I'll have like self-talk and it'll be positive or negative. It should be whatever's coming out. And then after that, I will, uh, I'll go back and meditate. So I'll do like, 20 or 30 minutes of meditation and then some breath work. And then after that, I journal, I go through like a pretty heavy journal protocol where I'll just, I'll just write whatever's on my mind for like three pages, get more crap out. I'll go through my gratitude and then I'll move into stuff that's more associated with like my to do's and, and my overall goals and then feel 
feel really centered before I actually start my day. So I want to talk about the self-talk, positive and negative. I want to, I want to know <laughs> how that works, right? Because we were talking about how I can beat myself up. Yeah. No one can beat me up like I can beat myself up. Oh, I know about that. So how do you quiet the mind enough in the moment when you're negative so that you can get back to being positive? Because it's hard to live in both. So you got to choose. Um, yeah. Well, one of the things that I think I've learned is you can't always get right to positive without going through the negative. Um, and that's the same for emotions too, right? So if you're feeling like angry or anxious or jealous or whatever, like I will oftentimes just say out loud how I'm, how I feel like in that state of mind, I'll just, I'll just say it out loud and then I'll, I'll accept that. And then I'll be able to move on to like the next corresponding emotion. So like without embracing my anxiety or my anger or my jealousy or whatever is coming up, it's hard for me. I, I can't get to positive without going through negative. And I think I've gotten better at having a higher baseline of like what my kind of natural state is, but yeah. Well, one of the things that I've observed as we were talking a little bit right before the break was the calm. And you talked a little bit about selling your business and we, we skimped over it. Um, I want to acknowledge you for doing it, selling something. Thanks. I don't care what it is. When you originally said you wanted to make a dollar, hopefully you sold your business for more than a dollar. A little more than a dollar. And you get to do what a lot of people never get the opportunity to do, which is to go through the process. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to get into all the details, but how you found a, a firm to come in, you have multiple people interested in the business, you have a business partner, you go through the process, you sell the business, your partner and you basically are, are done as partners. And now you're like, all right, what do I get to do? That's what I want to talk about. Mm. Because I think it's so important to not skimp over the fact that you went around the Monopoly board, collected free parking, you know, you own Boardwalk and Park Place now, and you own the Baltic Avenue and the Mediterranean, and you can, you, you get the flexibility and freedom. It doesn't matter the amount of money. It matters that um, what I think really I'm getting at is that you're just free. Yeah. Right? There's not this weight on your shoulder like, got 35 plus employees, right. teams, and I've got responsibilities and emails coming in from customers asking, you know, did it ship? Can you, can you get it back? You know, hey, I need to change an address. I mean, there's like that, that pressure, right? Right. And so we were talking about the noise earlier too. What's the frequency and the, the noise now around your life? What is it, what, what, what are you hearing? <laughs> well, there's still uh, lingering effects from like the anxiety that I used to feel that's similar to some of the stuff that you're describing in terms of um, just the, the reality of being a business owner and having like a lot of different things going on and also starting it, you know, starting it from scratch by yourself, being like the guy or one of, one of the guys and having like a hundred, hundred percent responsibility for, for what happens and for some other people, which becomes obviously like stressful in a lot of ways. But yeah, so there's some like, like I'll wake up with, I just refer to it as like irrational anxiety, I guess. <laughs> like I'll feel I'll feel things that I need to do that aren't there anymore. Um, and I do have a lot of ideas in terms of projects that I want to execute on. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to take a break before diving into anything that I feel like I'm going to be regretting down the line. I don't want to like, I, do I you feel, to, do you feel pressure to do something now versus just be still enough and let the waves kind of emotions come over you and not react? 
a little bit. I, I still do feel some pressure, of course, because everyone's like asking questions as well. And like, as soon as you sell your business, I mean, I've only, I'm only like a month out and I feel like, <laughs> you know, I almost feel like certain muscle, muscles are like atrophying. Hmm. And then like when I reconnect with entrepreneurial friends, it's like, oh man, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything to talk to you about. <laughs> like you're like, you're in this building zone and you're talking about like team building. And I'm like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of chilling. Like I've been through the team building. I'm done for a while. Just let me be. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, um, when we talked maybe a month or two prior to you selling, we had talked about doing this interview. Yep. And there was a statement you made that I've kind of remember. I'm paraphrase a little bit, but I would be, I'd rather do the interview live in person and give me some time to reflect. What are some things that you've reflected on going through this process? Man, the most important thing that matters is like how you feel when you wake up every day and like prioritizing that was the biggest shift that I could have ever made. Um, so basically manifesting the sale of my business had nothing to do with business. <laughs> like it had all everything to do with getting myself right. I like that. So what I'm going to do is we're going to take you into the fulfillment round. I'm just going to ask you a bunch of random questions that come up kind of out of the conversation today. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning a friend, no using the Google machine, no digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicas. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The fulfillment round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right. Uh, favorite place you visited so far in the world? Barcelona, Spain. Favorite restaurant in Barcelona, Spain? Oh, Man, um, I don't know the name of it, um, but there's a tapa spot on Barceloneta that has this uh, this this beef with foie gras on it. That's pretty delightful. Are you into seafood? I do like seafood. Would you find yourself more like an exotic fish, or would you find yourself in a shellfish kind of way? I'm probably more of an exotic fish type of guy, you know, give me like some, some red snapper or some grouper or something, um, you know, something pulled out of the, the Caribbean or some like real tropical waters with like uh, some garlic and lemon. I gave you a hundred dollars today and you could go anywhere you've traveled. Where could you stretch that hundred dollars into more experiences? Oh, Sri Lanka for sure. Um, Sri Lanka is a place that I lived for six months. It's still kind of raw and off the beaten path. Um, but there's so much that you can do there for such a small amount of money and so many, uh, you know, so many smiles you can catch along the way that, that don't cost anything, uh, along with some really wild and weird experiences that I can't even begin to, to try and articulate. <laughs> I followed along a little bit of your journey over the last year, more ways. I saw you used to write a lot. Uh, you love dancing. You love being around the music scene. Favorite type of music? Man, I'm a hip hop guy. Like, I think uh, early on I got bitten by that bug and started listening to like gangster rap when I was growing up. And there's just threads of that have never that have never left. That being said, um, so would you say Beastie Boys or NWA? Oof, I'm definitely more of an NWA guy. Okay, NWA or Dr. Dre? Ooh, I mean the way that Dr. Dre evolved is. Uh, would you take Dr. Dre or Eminem? Dr. Dre. Snoop Dogg? Ooh, Snoop. No hesitation. All right, cool. Snoop, Snoop's my guy. 
All right, LBC. So, hey, what I, what I want you to know is the way you go through life leaves something for the world to see, right? So, you're, you're leaving a legacy by living a legacy now. What do you want people to most remember about you? Um, I guess the thing that I want people to remember most about me is that um, I did everything I could do to see myself the way that other people see me in terms of the good that they're able to witness. Because when I'm able to see myself like that, then inevitably I'm able to see other people like that and hopefully spread a lot of light and love uh, around the world. So that's uh, personal development. You re- like to read or do you like to listen? Uh, both, but I'm definitely, a, I'm a heavy audible and podcast guy. Have you ever, I, I hear this trend is coming, right? You read a book and you listen to it on audible at the same time and you speed it up depending on how fast you read. I would do that with nonfiction business books all the time. And I've started to do that with some higher level spiritual texts that are, are kind of hard to digest all at once. Uh, you grow up watching any sports? Oh yeah. Everything. Uh, m- mostly football and basketball. So Nuggets. Big Nuggets guy. Go in the Nuggets game tonight. That's going to be awesome. Um, one of my guys uh, on the team, uh, Portland guy, we went to the game and I saw him cry a little bit when he left <laughs> that game one. Um, Poor guy. I'm actually really needing your Nuggets to win. So I'm just, as, as this podcast comes oh, out, I'm, I am totally a Golden State and I'm hoping that I can you know, save some money and, and not have to travel as far to watch a game. But yeah. The reason why I want to know these things, right? What have you learned from basketball or sports that you can apply to business? So much, so much that I probably took for granted growing up because I think I was like always a, always a job growing up. I played football in college, uh, you know, played organized sports. You handle adversity and there's no, there's no quit. Quitting wasn't an option. It was like, you have to finish the game no matter what the outcome is. So it becomes more about the process and the lifestyle than anything else. And I think it just taught me a lot of resilience and perseverance, um, you know, a lot of character building through dealing with like different types of teammates and personalities as well. Um, some of which was like taught me a lot about how to set boundaries in, in my friendships and stuff. Um, so just, man, so much I could go on. So a year later, out of love, are you in love now? I am. I'm newly in love. <laughs> and how's that feel? It feels amazing because it feels more right than uh than any other relationship i've had in my life and i think that's a testament to um just a lot of the other stuff that i worked on you know way before i even met her um so how do you think your friend would approach you now if that wedding was next month and he walked up to you now how do you think that conversation would sound or look or feel man um I kind of already know, like, I know that I would get a big hug and just have someone that I really care about telling me how proud they are of where I'm at and like how, how happy they are that I'm happy. That's good. How proud of you are you of yourself? More proud than I've ever been. And it's sometimes it feels weird. And I I think I've heard you talk about this before a little bit, but you know, and a a lot of like self-development, like self-love feels feels like egotistical and weird sometimes, but it feels like I can humbly say that in uh, just like the most genuine way I ever have. So, well, man, I just want to say thanks for jamming through the fulfillment round, going up and down success mountain, talking a little bit about selling a business, uh, life's ups and downs started, you know, with some tough stuff in the very beginning about 
your definition of success, how you answered that, brought us into your siblings, talked about your parents, talked to literally about what brought you kind of full circle, which is you doing the deep work, right? So many people um, want to, you want to haul past. They just don't want to do the deep work. And I'm like, if you want to find your purpose in life and the meaning to why you're here, go do the deep work, go spend time uh, looking back because they say it and I know it to be true. Success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see how you made it so far to this point, because you are successful, every person listening is successful up until this very moment, you've done it. You've made it. You survived. Like that's like such an amazing thing that so many people think success is an equation of money. And I'm like, Hey, look, money's nice. So is deodorant. You both need them. So you don't stink. However, you can live. And I I want to close the show by saying, man, I can't wait to see what you keep doing. It's really cool to see the path you're on, the trajectory um, of kind of your life and it all unfolding just perfectly with nothing wrong. And um, it's a big, it's big to see you today, to meet you in person, to be able to give you a hug, to tell you man to man, I love you. I'm proud of you. Keep pushing, keep moving forward. Don't ever doubt yourself. Doubt is the devil saying, hey, you're not good enough. And I'm going to tell you right here so everybody can hear it. You're, you're good enough. You're phenomenal. And everybody listening is the same. And we can get to anywhere we want together. We're so much better than we are by ourselves. So don't ever get yourself alone in a room and, you know, let that self-talk go too far. All right? Yeah. Promise me that? No, dude, I promise, man. All right. People listening today, how do they get connected with you? Uh, just follow me on Instagram, man. That's uh, going to be my, my main platform. But it's Tommy underscore joiner. T-O-M-M-Y underscore J-O-I-N-E-R. That's, uh, that's where I'm at. All right. You can follow all of his uh, just amazing travels, his fun nights out and his life and everything right there on Instagram. We'll put it in the show notes. Until next time, his name is Tommy Joyner. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. And go make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever.